You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. Well, hello, hello today. Welcome here to Sun Grove Church. Isn't it a good day to be in the house of the Lord and be together and enjoy just God, what he's doing in our area, what he's doing in your life. I believe that God has an agenda for your participation here today. And what I mean by that is I believe that God has called you to sit in this seat, to be in this room, to not hide in the crowd, but that God actually wants to do something in and through your life today. And I think he wants to call you out from maybe your shadow, out from your hiding, out from the the ways you've reached for help. And he wants to call you to a very specific place and wants to meet your need here today. We've been in a series called Identity, Formation, and Community, Mission, and you can see that we started identity, then we moved to formation, then we walk all the way over here to community and how we need a brotherhood or a sisterhood around us, and then we get on mission. But oftentimes when you and I get on mission, it's real easy to get off mission. What do I mean by that? That we live our life calling, and maybe your, your career has been your calling, but God calls you to your life calling, which is actually different. Your career isn't always a calling. Some of you know your career is a job and not a calling. Others of you know that you've been called and God may blend your career with your calling. Others of you are actually living your calling and your career might simply fund it. Your career might simply fund what God has actually wired you to do and who God has wired you to be. And so you're on mission. When you're out and about in the world, you're thinking, I am I'm on God's mission, what he wants to do in my life and through my life. I'm attentive to that. But my job might simply fund my calling. But it's there that the enemy loves to attack. It's there that it's real easy for you and I to get off mission. And today I want to talk about how you and I can be on mission like Jesus. A number of years ago, I was working at a church and a, a lady, I'll just change her name. Her name was Samantha. Let's just, uh, that, that's her changed name. But she came in off the street. She literally was driving down the street, saw the word hope on a sign and thought, I need to stop in at a church. And so she, the first church she came to was, was the church where I was working at the time. And she pulled in, and I was the pastor on duty that day. And so when a walk-in comes in, then uh, I'm on call, the front office calls. We, I come out and start meeting with Samantha. And she comes really seeking just kind of some financial help. She gives the usual spiel. And I don't know if you know how this works, but we, as a church, we get people who call from wherever and they give us the same kind of story, and they're looking for the same kind of help, and the help they're looking for is just enough help for today. That's it. They're not looking for long-term help. They're just looking for enough help for today, and they may have no association with the church, and, and so Samantha comes in, and she's looking. She's giving us the usual thing, right? Her usual thing sounds something like this. It sounds like, uh, I need some money for gas for my car. Uh, I might need some food. I probably need a place to stay, but she's driving down the street. She sees the word hope. She thinks, I'll stop at the first church I see. She stops at the church she sees, and she's thinking, maybe I can get some hope in my life if my needs for today are met. So she's coming looking for assistance. And so we, basically, I sit down with her and begin to talk to her and unpack. Well, let's take a bigger picture because you need gas in your car and you need some food, and you need uh, some assistance, and, and we'll help with that where we can. But you got bigger needs in your life than simply what you're going to eat today, 
How are you going to drive your car? Uh, in fact, the reality is you're going to have those same needs tomorrow. And you're going to have those same needs the day after. And the same needs the day after. But how do you truly find hope in your life? You saw the word hope. And that's what I believe you need to look for today. Because you came looking for help, but your heart told you you need hope. And so as we walk through, we begin to describe that, that of course, we'll help you where we can with our needs. We're going to take care of those. But beyond that, you got bigger problems in your life. Like, where are you going to spend eternity? Who offers hope to your life? And we begin to walk through what the difference is between, like, religion and relationship with Jesus. Religious activity or religious participation or religious experiences you and I have had in our background. An actual relationship with Jesus. And you, I could just see her begin to warm up to that idea like, it's what I really want. I really do want to know God, that there's a living God. I use the bridge illustration. That's where, you know, God's on one side of the Grand Canyon. Uh, we're on the other side and our sin separates us. And no matter how fast we run, we can't jump across the Grand Canyon. I might trip at the edge and fall down like Wiley e. Coyote and pfft, at the bottom. You might get the best jump of your life and go 26 feet out, the longest long jump, maybe even on record, and yet still you're going to fall straight down and pfft, like Wiley e. Coyote, right? And the only thing that bridges that gap is the cross, that God became flesh, that God gave his life on the cross. And because of that, that cross, because of Jesus, Jesus becomes the bridge between our condemnation of the death of, regarding our sin and life in God, and she began to see hope. She prayed a day to receive Christ, and of course we helped her with the needs uh, that we were able to. See, her desperation of her needs brought her to a place where she encountered Jesus and realized that giving her faith to Jesus and entering a relationship with him took precedence over her immediate needs. Now, did she have immediate needs? Yes. Did we help with those? Of course we helped where we could. But she came looking for the help. But she realized something deeper. She realized that people need Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. If you have an outline today, take that out. You're going to want to take down some notes today because I believe that God's got an agenda for your being here today. He's got some things that he knows are percolating in your heart that he wants to address today. And maybe the first thing that you and I need to realize, like Samantha is that people need Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. So we don't minimize the help that you and I are looking for. But oftentimes we're looking for help in our lives and we think we can get help without needing or getting Jesus. And I wanted to let you know that you cannot have wholeness in your life until you discover that you need Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. For you, it might be a personal health scare that you're going through right now. Maybe to you, you're reaching out to different doctors. What am I going to do? This health scare has really been bothering me. It's been ongoing, and, and you're reaching. You're reaching out to people. Maybe for you, it's an employment crisis, and you don't know what that next step is. What's that next step going to be for the summer? What's that next step going to mean for my family? What's the next step going to be in terms of my employment? Maybe you've got a wayward son or daughter, and it's just tearing you apart on the inside. It might be the weight of a world gone wild. I mean, have you seen the sickness and the depravity of humanity in our world? That weight just goes over us. We say, what is our world turning into? Not just in our country, but across the world. 
We live in a world gone wild and that weight is on you. Maybe it's the adjustment to a new season of life that makes you feel left or lost or confused. You're saying, I need, I need help. Truth is, I need hope. Perhaps it's a persistent emptiness. There's just something going on in here. Guys, maybe you can relate for us as men, right? Sometimes there's just something going on in here and I can't put my finger on it and I can't touch it yet and I don't know why it is, but I'm gonna let that thing just go on in here and then maybe somehow it'll just resolve itself. Then again, maybe it won't. Maybe I need Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. And sometimes it's a relative who might be dying making you reach and beg to God for a favorable outcome. Jesus, can you just step in and touch? Can you just step in and heal? Can you meet my need? Do you understand the desperate circumstances in which we are living? And when we know we need help, our faith and our belief is tested in those times, isn't it? When we all of a sudden acknowledge, I need help, I need some business of my faith is tested, my life is tested, my belief is tested in those times. But how much more so for people who don't know Jesus? Picture it just for a minute. You might say, I know that, that Jesus plus some help can equal wholeness. But what about the person who doesn't know Jesus? They're reaching for anything, anything they can to get help. How much more for those who don't know Jesus, unaware that they could find real hope, that they could have compassion, forgiveness, and care for where they are, and that God cares about their real needs, their daily needs, their common needs as well. Well, there are three lessons you and I learned when we were little. Three lessons we learned because we would walk, and when mobility kicks in, for you, those of you who have a toddler right now, you know when mobility kicks in, it changes everything for your kids, right? And so you're teaching your kids, and we learned as kids, that when you come to a street, there's three things that you got to do before you cross the street. What are those three things? Yes, yeah, stop, look, and listen, right? Those are the three things we have to learn to cross the street. And I don't remember like how exactly we learned that uh, when I was a little kid. So I looked on YouTube and I said, what resources are out there this week to find, to teach kids to stop and look and listen? And the best, most creepy, actually funny video I could find is a PSA announcement from England, from Britain. And I want to show it to you now. And I'll tell you a little story about it, but it, it, it really will might creep you out a little bit. They do things differently in Britain. So just go ahead and watch this video. <laughs> the boy who didn't stop, look, and listen. Before his leg was bent backwards, he loved to play football all day. But the boy didn't cross in a safe place where he could see cars come his way. He then didn't stop, look, and listen. A car hit him at quite a pace. <laughs> And now he cannot play football because his leg broke in more than one place. I think that might traumatize me as a kid. I love it there for a minute. It's like so shame-based. Like he's on his crutch. He can't reach the ball. <laughs> right? So this is funny, like, so, like, we can't just show that in a venue like this. I can't just pull a YouTube video and show you. Like, you got to use copyright, right? We live in a litigious society. And so I had to get permission 
to use this video. So I actually had to email the British government, the copyright office of the British government. And, and I'm telling you, it's pretty awesome. Like it only took two emails and I only got passed around a couple times, got an email back and they said, well, you got to put British crown copyright, you know, because anything that the government produces over there is property of the queen's crown or the king's crown, right? So we had to put that like on the video, but it's pretty amazing, you know, that you could just email the British government and you get permission right away. Right? Sometimes we're less efficient, aren't we? Could you imagine trying to do that? Some of you are government workers. You're like, that would never happen. Never happen. In fact, if you said, I need to use that video this week, they'd be like, let's talk about three years from now, right? Just wouldn't happen. But you and I need to stop and look and listen. I think when you and I get on mission, one of the things we learn to do is stop and look and listen. If you have your Bible, open with me to Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 24. The first phrase of this verse says, so Jesus went with him. You say, well, who's him? It's a dude named Jairus, but that's kind of irrelevant at the moment. It says, a large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Now, I want you to understand something just there for a moment. Think about that. She's been in the care of many doctors, but instead of getting better, she just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And maybe you've been reaching out to different doctors, but you've been getting worse and worse. So when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Right? She's desperate. She's looking for anything. Jesus, this whole crowd is following around him, and they are moving. They are in motion. And she sneaks up behind him and thinks, if I can just touch his cloak, if I can just touch Jesus, then I will be healed. And there's something that you and I need to realize from this story here, and that's this. People hint that they need help before they ask for it. What do they do? They throw out a touch. You're with people, and people will joke, people will hint, people will ask a question, people will, will give some sort of indication that they need help before they ever ask for it. How many of us are so proud it's hard to ask for help? Right, we're not alone. But people will hint that they need help before they ask for it. And this woman wasn't just hinting, she was going to every doctor she could. She was going to every doctor, but in this instance, she's thinking, maybe I could just get a miracle. And she's realizing, I need something greater in my life than all the help I've already received. So she's not just throwing out a hint, she's reaching. But she's doing it in secret, isn't she? She's thinking, I don't want to be a burden. She wanted to help, but she mistook a critical fact. And that's people need Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. And so we find in Mark chapter 5, verse 29, she touches his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciple answered, and yet you asked, who touched me? Like, this is like a mob scene almost, right? There's a big crowd of people. And Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, what? 
you ask that, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. The first thing that Jesus did as he's on his way, as he's on mission, as he's doing what he's doing, the first thing he did is he stopped. This crowd is in motion. They are going somewhere. They're walking all along. There are important things at hand, but the first thing Jesus did was to stop. Verse 30 said, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? I gotta tell you something. Whenever Jesus asks a question in scripture, whenever he asks a question, he is not asking a question because he doesn't know the answer already. Whenever Jesus asks a question in scripture, he is not asking it for himself, is he? Does Jesus know who touches clothes? He's God, he's all-knowing, and he, he knows. But And the disciples, he, he gets a response from his disciples he's looking for. Because Jesus now has stopped He's saying, who touched my clothes? Because he understands there's a bigger condition going on here. And the disciples are like, how can you say who touched my clothes? They're, the disciples are thinking like, heck, like most of us just bumped into you over the last two minutes. And you ask, who touched my clothes? Yet Jesus was persistent. Now the disciples' curiosity and the curiosity of the whole crowd. Jesus is at more than just finding out who touched his clothes. Jesus is asking because he understands that power has gone out from him, but a real need is yet to be met. That help has happened, but Jesus plus help equals wholeness. You got to understand a little bit what's going on here. Why, why would Jesus do that? He was aware that there was an opportunity at hand. He was on mission. In the middle of a big crowd of community, as he's already gone through formation, he knows his identity as the son of God. But as he's on mission, he stops because he knows there's an opportunity. Well, how? He put the urgency of the moment on hold. How often do you and I walk past opportunity because we don't put the emergency and the urgency of a moment on hold? You say, what emergency? What urgency? Well, to understand this passage and what's going on here, we've got to go back a little bit to Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 21. It says, When Jesus had crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And he pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come. Put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Okay, picture this. The whole crowd is like, a miracle is going to happen. The healer is here. And, and a pastor, a, a synagogue leader has come and said, please, my little girl, she's dying and I need you to come help her. And so the whole crowd gets up and Jesus is walking. They're going fast. And as he's walking along, Jesus stops. I mean, if you're Jarius in that moment, you're going, time out, lady. Bleeding is not dying. My daughter is dying. Come back tomorrow. Don't you understand what's at stake here? And the truth is, she's been dying a slow death for a long time. 
Jesus puts the urgency of the moment on hold because he sees opportunity at hand. In a sense, as he's crossing the street, he stops. But he doesn't just stop. He does the second thing. He looks. We're to stop. We're to look. I love what the scripture says here because Jesus traded the temporary for the eternal. In verse 32, it says, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. How long do you think that kept looking was? He goes, who touched my clothes? Disciples say, we all touch your clothes. What are you talking about? Jesus kept looking. He kept looking. The crowd was like, never mind, let's go, let's go. The daughter, let's go. He kept looking. For some of you here today, you're hoping Jesus will stop looking. But he's looking right now for you. He's saying, I'm willing to stop. And I will keep looking for you and I'll keep waiting for you until you come to me. Sometimes we stiff arm God like, right? God, I need your help. And we do this. We do come here, go away. God, I need you, I need you, I need you. Where are you? God, I need you. But we're stiff-arming him at the same time. And God will stand there and say, I am looking. I am right here. I am waiting. I will outweigh you. He kept looking around to see who had done it. Why? It takes you and I slowing down to see what's truly important, doesn't it? How many times do we just keep going in the rush of life that we even run over our own needs because of the urgency of the moment? Well, how do you and I stop? How do you and I look when it comes to other people and their needs? When you and I are on mission, how do we do that? Well, I want you to realize that you and I, we look for a crisis, a need, the question, or the cry behind the comment or the crisis or the need. That whenever there's a need presented, whenever there's a crisis presented, whenever there's a comment presented, there's typically a need behind it. That there's something deeper going on than just that hint. There's something deeper going on than that joke. There's something deeper going on than that comment. There is something else. And you and I, to be on mission, need to stop and look for that. That there is something else going on beyond that crisis or that need. So often you and I see the crisis or the need and we say, how can I help? And we try to help, but we never give hope. Do you see the difference? Sometimes helping hurts. Because we get to the need, and we might feed for the day, but we might cast the person away for eternity. We helped you with your need today. That's great. But I failed to help you know Jesus. Not great. That behind every comet or crisis or need, there is a cry of the heart. So Jesus stops. He looks, and he keeps looking. And then he does the third thing. He listens. Verse 33 of Mark chapter 5. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear. I mean, picture her for a moment, right? Did I steal from God? I already don't feel deserving. I snuck up on him. I'm a woman in a culture that disregards women. I mean, literally, 
All the urgency would be with the man in first century Jewish culture and the little daughter who was dying. But Jesus sees a daughter of the Most High God who's slowly dying, right? And he meets her in her need. She's trembling with fear. She tells him, listen, she told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Jesus just didn't give help. He gave wholeness because you and I need to realize that people need Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. God is ultimately concerned with your and my faith. Why would he stop and ask the question, who touched me? Why would he stop in the urgency of the moment? He realized there's a whole crowd around him who wanted to see a miracle, but there's a whole crowd around him who could see the miracle and miss the Messiah. And sometimes you want the miracle in your life, but you're not interested in the Messiah. You want the miracle, you want the help, but you're not so sure that you want Jesus. Maybe, Jesus, if you could give me the help, that's great. I needed you for that moment, but I'm not sure that I continue to need you, Jesus. And you and I will never be whole until we realize that we need Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. God realizes that faith is more important than merely the physical need or healing, and yet he cares for our infirmities too. This woman had been bleeding for 12 years. All we know from scripture is that it's inside her body. We don't know much beyond that. We don't know, is it her cycle? We don't know if it's internal bleeding of some other sort. We don't know. All we know is she knows. And that there's a constant embarrassment for her, whatever that is, that pain, or whether she has to carry around with her enough products to try to conceal her uncleanness, that she might walk around as a bleeding woman who that would make you unclean ceremoniously. She couldn't go to the synagogue or the temple where Jairus was one of the leaders if she was unclean. So she didn't feel worthy on every level. She didn't think Jesus wants a relationship with me because I'm already an outcast, a reject. And so she sneaks up behind him and touches his cloak. And in that moment, she is healed. Some of you are hinting at Jesus that you need help. Some of you are hinting at Jesus that you need hope. And you're trying to sneak up on him and just get what you need and then sneak away again in the crowd and go on your way and say, praise God, I got a miracle. I was healed. But Jesus wants more than that packaged inside our need of, of help, packaged inside our need for hope, packaged inside our infirmity, packaged inside our, our crisis, like Jairus' crisis with his daughter, packaged inside that is the need for Jesus. Relational time and interaction and acceptance and love by Jesus. And sometimes in the fast pace of our culture, we just want the help. Jairus also needed Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. See, Jairus was a synagogue leader. 
by following the rules of the Old Testament, he could keep himself righteous. He could, when he sinned, make sacrifice and, and be cleared, free and clear. I could be righteous. He, he felt like he, had, he was good enough, like I'm self-sufficient. But then suddenly something enters his life where he's not self-sufficient. His daughter is dying. This little girl is dying. And what brings a person to their knees before Jesus is a crisis like that. So irrespective of his external righteousness, it was the internal crisis that brought him to his knees before Jesus. And he cries out for his daughter. And Jesus starts going with him. His, the, the hope is at hand. And then he stops. And he looks. And he listens. What do you think Jesus learned in that? Or what do you think Jairus learned in that moment when Jesus stopped and looked and listened and had relationship with a woman when he's about to have relationship with Jairus and relationship with a little girl that he's going to heal? You and I need Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. See, Jesus is still able to help when we think that the opportune moment has passed. Some of you have been there, right? I was willing to look for help. I was willing to look for hope, but I missed my opportunity to go deep with Jesus. I, I hinted to someone that I need help. But that moment passed, and, and now I think I'm done. I, I think my moment with God has passed. That healing is not available to me because I didn't in that moment go to rehab, or I didn't in that moment reach out for Jesus, or in that moment got mad at God and I stiff-armed him. And I think the opportune moment has passed. What does Jairus learn? That even when Jesus stops, when he knows his daughter's dying, that help and hope are still available. Because Jesus plus help equals wholeness on the inside. Even when you think that your opportune moment has passed by, have you ever self-condemned yourself, right? Have you ever condemned yourself that I should have done it when this first started. I should have taken opportunity sooner. I shouldn't have let this bleeding go on for 12 years, right? And you think the opportune moment has passed by. Well, I want you to know that with Jesus, hope is still available and help is still available even when you think the opportune moment has passed by. About a week ago, I went down uh, south to Southern California, and I was going to try and line up some churches to get on board with what we're doing in India and meet with some different church leaders. And I'm meeting with a friend of mine named Brent, and Brent is the guy who produced Not Today, the movie that we showed here and talks about sex trafficking in India. And we're just, Brent and I are, are friends literally from the crib. Our parents put us like in the same crib together. We just grew up together and, and we know each other really well. And, and, and it's one of those things when we get together, we're pretty much able to instantly go deep. And, and we're at lunch and, and we're talking over lunch. And as we're talking, we're going deep. And I, I just begin to, to hint a little bit. I just begin to share with them a little bit that there's been really since I got back from India, I think this last trip, that there's just been some stuff percolating in here that I'm at unrest with. And there's, I'm, I don't know how to unpack it. There's just some stuff going on on the inside for me that I'm not sure what to do with. And, and it actually is, is attacking my identity. 
That instead of the new man, the new self, the saved part of me, the created one recreated by God, the part of me that's eternal, that when my body gets shoved away because it's a rental, that the new self is the real me, son of God, whom he loves, with whom he's well pleased. But there's this other half of us, isn't there? It's called the flesh. It's the old man. It's the old woman. It's the old self. And what happens is the enemy loves to come along and say, yes, Jesus' identity that he put on you is this new man. But the enemy wants to say the old person is the real you. So when you're tried or you're tested or you're tempted, that's who you really are. And somewhere on the inside, I think I was making agreements a little bit with the old man. And I felt like I was living in conflict. And so I'm unpacking this with Brent, and he, he says this. He goes, he goes you know what? I, I've started seeing a counselor, and he said, this guy's a counselor who specializes in pastors. And he said, I actually, this, this is funny that you say this, Dave, because he goes, I actually left my sunglasses at his office yesterday, and right after lunch today, I'm going by his office to get my sunglasses. Do you want me to see if he has an appointment available for you? Do you have time tomorrow? I look at my schedule. I say, yes. He goes, all right, well, let me go check. Well, he goes, check. He says, hey, there's an appointment tomorrow. Will you take it? Yes, I'll take it. What do you think the odds are, by the way, that Brent would leave his sunglasses at the counselor's office and have to go back right after our lunch? Who's five steps ahead of us? So I go and I meet with the counselor and really within one session, just helping me unpack some of what was going on here and give me some clarity. And you know as a guy, right, man in the room, when you got that stuff going on, you're like, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where it's coming from, right? And he helps unpack that. And I'm telling you, just by identifying some areas where the enemy was attacking, where I was making, I was making agreements with the old self, God gave me freedom. I'm telling you, I, I feel like I've lived the last week and a half in freedom again, in my new identity, in my right identity, in my real self, the true self. And there is freedom. But it took me hinting a little bit. It, and I'll be honest with you, it took a friend who was willing over a lunch to stop, stop, time out. Dave, this is important. Don't, don't just overlook this. Like, this, stop. And he looked at what was going on, and he listened to what was going on, and he said, he persisted, will you go see this counseling appointment? Yes, I'm so grateful for a friend who will stop and look and listen. Do you have a friend like that? Has a friend in your life ever stopped and looked and listened to the cry behind the cry? Do you have a friend like that? A better question is, can you and I be that friend? Right? How do you and I get on mission like Jesus? We learn to stop, and we learn to look, and we learn to listen to the need behind the need. And then we persist. We keep looking. And what a beautiful statement Jesus says to this woman. He says, go in peace. And be freed from your suffering. See, some of you in this room, you're looking for help. And you want God to help you. But you're not acknowledging that you need Jesus plus help of maybe someone to come along and help you unpack it or meet your need. 
to equal wholeness. And I want to say that Jesus is here today. And he stopped. And he's looking. And he's going to keep looking. And he's listening to your need, but will you go to him? Sometimes we need a good friend. Sometimes we need a counselor. Other times we just have direct access to God. You don't need a counselor maybe or a good friend. You just go directly to God. You stop stiff-arming him. And he says, I am here. Who needs a touch? Who needs healing? Maybe it's you that needs healing. Maybe it's somebody around you that you feel so urgent about. But God is here today. See, those around you and I are asking, can you hear me and my real need? You and I got to stop and look and listen to get on mission. You want to know how to get on mission and live like a Christian? Stop and look and listen to the people around you. I'm at a wedding yesterday and officiated a wedding yesterday, and it was a beautiful wedding. But I also know among this group of guys that one of these three brothers had died of brain cancer, and this whole group, while they're celebrating a wedding, is grieving the loss of a dear friend. And one guy there, as I'm at the wedding, I, I think, you know what, I'm here, I'm here to officiate a wedding. This is very important business. This is very, you know, I got a lot to do today. But the reality is, I'll officiate the wedding, but the truth is I'm on mission. God, who, who would you have me interact with today that's going to share their need behind the need? I begin to talk to a young man, and we're setting up an appointment together because there's a need beyond his need. He thinks his need is to get over the grief that he's in, and we can help with that. But the real need that he's going to discover is that he needs Jesus plus help to equal wholeness. So how do you and I get on mission? In the urgent circumstances in which we are, we stop, we look, and we listen to get on mission. There's this beautiful picture in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Zechariah, chapter 8, and it says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Many peoples and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come, and the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say... Let us go at once to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going. And many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem and seek the Lord Almighty to entreat him. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, 10 people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe. Listen to that statement. By the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you because we have heard that God is with you. And there in our culture are a whole lot of people from every tribe and nation and language and people who will come and they'll come to you and they will want to grab you by the hem of your robe because like the woman reaching out for Jesus' hem, his cloak, they want to touch and be healed and they don't know where it is or how it all is or how it all is together and they're looking for help but you and I know Jesus and we can give them hope. What a beautiful picture. You say, hey, I'm going up to Jerusalem. Why don't you go with me? And then the day comes when our culture is so at odds with God, but it's so in desperate need of hope that they come and they grab a hold. They're reaching out. They're hinting. They're giving their need. They're asking for help. And if you and I will just stop and look and listen, we can bring them and play some part in bringing them to Jesus. 
Because Jesus plus help equals wholeness. You want to get on mission? Stop, look, and listen. Don't make me play that video again. <laughs> Reaching for the soccer ball. I think that there's probably a duality today. I think that maybe in your heart, there's somewhere that you are the one reaching. But what I love is that God takes people who reach and need help, and he says, I want to take the comfort that you yourself have received from God and offer that to another. What do you think the difference is for the woman who is healed? Her story now becomes her testimony. She says, I know what it's like to reach out and grab the hem of Jesus. And I wanted to slip away and I didn't, I didn't want more of God. I just wanted his help. But I found relationship with God and it's made all the difference in my wholeness. Jarius, my daughter is dying. I'm, I'm a leader in the church, but my daughter is dying and, and I found Jesus. Even if my daughter were to pass away, I still found Jesus. Jesus, and yet Jesus came in his situation and healed his daughter. And for some of us who've had sick relatives, sometimes the ultimate healing is in eternity and not in this life. But we're reaching. I believe today that there are those in this room who are reaching and you've wanted help, but today you're realizing you need Jesus because help alone isn't going to cut it. And for others of you in this room, I think God's Holy Spirit is putting on your heart somebody who has been hinting to you that they need help. But you've been too busy. You've been too urgent. You've been too judgmental maybe times. Maybe at times you've just been uh, all about yourself and it's, it's hard. You've got to stop and look and listen. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If today you're realizing that you think you've been looking for help but you're realizing today that you need Jesus plus help. And you're realizing that the only way that you are saved is because of what Jesus did on the cross. And you'd like to enter relationship with Jesus. Please understand, I believe he's here today. I believe he will keep looking for you. And you can party your problems away. You can hint to people and joke about stuff, but know on the inside you need help. You can deny the fact that he's been chasing you down with the greatest love that you've ever experienced your whole life. But maybe today you're just saying, okay, God, I'm going to tell you the whole story. And I'm going to find out that I need you. And if that's you today, if you need Jesus, then I'm going to simply ask you to pray a prayer that introduces you to him. So pray this after me if that's you. Jesus, today I give you me. I give you my problems. I give you the areas I need help. And I admit that those are important, but God, I need Jesus first. I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you were buried in the grave that you rose to new life because you were God, and I ask you to make me a new creation on the inside. Make me whole. And God, also I lay my need of help before you today, because today I give you me.
Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.